Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. Last week, we had a pretty comprehensive introduction on Japan's gang culture, made famous by the extremely violent, divisive, and enigmatic yakuza, the dominant crime organization in the country that has its influence in many industries, including real estate, finance, drug trade, human trafficking, and not to mention in the Japanese government as well. So this week, let's take a look at Outrage, a movie that was released in 2010, and in my opinion, one that paints a pretty accurate picture of the inner working of the yakuza. The movie starts with a group of middle-aged and older men having what looks like a luxurious Japanese-style dinner. All the men are sitting at a long table, with a group of younger men who are constantly refilling their sake or Japanese rice wine. As it turns out, this is an official meeting with Mr. Sekiyuichi, the Grand Yakuza leader, the man who oversees all the underbosses who, in turn, control the different branches of the yakuza in different areas of Japan. At the end of the meeting. Kato, the chief lieutenant of Sekuichi, pulls aside one of the underbosses named Ikimoto, and tells him that he has found out about Ikimoto's dealing with a rival gang leader Murase, and that he's rather displeased about this development. He asks Ikimoto to bring Murase in line. This presents a little bit of a conundrum for Ikimoto. He said that he knew Murase when they were both imprisoned, and that during that time they made a pact to work with one another like brothers after they release. On the other hand, it is absolutely impossible for him to disobey orders from his superior, so Ikimoto commissions the head of an associate family, the Otomos, to take care of this business. The Otomos chief, played by the film's Very own director, Mr. Takashi Kitano, nods in silence, but does not reveal any of his plans moving forward. Well, he might be silent, but the film soon reveals that Otomo is not just an associate of Ikimoto; he serves as the muscle for the gang. In other words, when dirty work needs to be done, he and his small group are called into action. Later on, we see a man who is duped into an adult entertainment club, only to be charged one million Japanese yen for the service, which is the equivalent of over nine thousand U.S. dollars for just one night of entertainment. Naturally, he's not ready to pay this exorbitant amount, and in a rather humiliating fashion, he is forced to go to his nearby office to withdraw the cash needed. But not long after, members of the nightclub think that they have the upper hand and send a young man to follow him to his office. That the young man finds out that the so-called innocent customer is actually a member of the Otomo gang, and that this whole thing has been a setup. 
While the man himself seems rather introverted and modest, the rest of the Otomo gang, which awaits him in the so-called office, is anything but that. The young man realizes that he's in big trouble, and despite his incessant apologies, he couldn't get out of his jam because threatening a member of a gang is not an action that can be easily forgiven. The young man later on returns to the club, and it is revealed that at this point, he is from the Morase gang. It turns out that the whole thing is a setup by Otomo, the middle-aged man who happens to fall into the trap and visits the exorbitantly expensive nightclub owned by a gang, actually visits the club intentionally so that someone from the Murase gang at some point would do something that is out of line and ruffles the feathers of the entire Otomo gang. This, in turn, gives people in the Otomo gang reasons to start a gang war against Murase, while Ikimoto, the gang that oversees Otomo, gets to stay out of the whole thing and keep their hands clean and their relationship with Murase untainted. Here at the Murase headquarters, the whole gang has no idea that they have been involved in a gang war. The loyal and honest Murase boss sends one of his underbosses to Otomo to try to smooth things over. The underboss brings along a large stack of cash as well as the amputated small finger of the young man who earlier offended and coerced the middle-aged customer at the nightclub, and he has to the Otomo gang to apologize. What awaits him is a storm that he absolutely is not ready for. While the underboss shows his most sincere apologies at the Otomo headquarters, the Otomo members deem his apologies insincere and rude and inadequate. They then picks on his attitude and forces him to cut off his small finger to further apologize. And as if that's not enough of an embarrassment, they even hands him a paper knife to perform the act. This is perhaps the right time to explain the rather alarmingly frequent amputations of the finger at this point. According to Yakuza traditions, when a gang member offends his superior or botches up an important operation, he is expected to cut off a finger to show sincere apologies. This rather hideous ritual is, I'm sure, difficult to understand and to make sense of, but believe it or not, it's a practice that is commonly performed by Yakuza gang members to this very day. In fact, showing one or several missing fingers is a common way for the public to spot acting Yakuza members. And for those in the gang, having been amputated is a sign of embarrassment since it hints at their past wrongdoings. The self-harming ritual, while very, very extreme even by Japanese standards, reflects the rigid hierarchy that permeates in all corners of Japanese society. In all companies, public or private, it is expected that a person of a lower position or a younger person to bow and show an elevated level of respect to his or her elderly and supervisors. Gestures such as offering gifts or serving tea are very common, and those who fail to show respect, either intentionally or simply by mistake, are expected to outwardly express their apologies. My research has revealed that bowing, kneeling down, 
offering expensive gifts, and shaving one's head bald are all among the common practices of apologizing to one's respected elder. And yep, you heard the last bit right. In certain companies, and I'm not talking about gangs, in some professional workplaces, one must shave one's head bald if one fails to show respect to elders. That is how strict and deep-rooted the idea of hierarchy is and how it is implemented in Japan. Now, back to the movie. Murase's underboss finds himself backed into a corner, and offering cash and a small finger of his gang member is deemed not enough. He is left with no choice but to cut off his own finger, but as much as he tries and his blood is splattering all over the place, a paper knife simply isn't going to cut it. Uh, my apologies and pun intended, but I think I have to throw in some humor at this point to somehow lighten the mood because the scene really is very gruesome. The camera doesn't shy away from the scene at all, and we as viewers see the whole thing, including the knife that cuts into the finger and the blood spilling all across the table, and the man's face that twists in the middle of this agonizing act of self-harm. But that's far from the end of his suffering. The Otomo members taunts the man while he struggles to cut off his own finger. And as he tries to explain that himself, the head of Otomo grabs the paper knife from him and cuts his face twice. The young man from the nightclub earlier finally can't handle all this violence anymore, and he tries to run out the door while trying not to vomit. The Otomo gang members yell at him to stop in his track and ask him to take his balls, now bleeding from deep cuts on his face, along with him. Murase certainly does not expect the latest development. He has sent two subordinates to the Otomo gang to apologize with what he considers a rather sincere offering, only to see them both come back heavily maimed and embarrassed. Left with no choice, the gang boss arranges a meeting with the Ikimoto gang and tries to settle the dispute. At the meeting, Ikimoto plays the ignorant, nice guy who has no idea that such violent act had been performed by members of his associated Otomo gang. He plays dumb and pretends to be shot. Murase kindly asks him to help stop the bloodshed, and when Murase asks Ikimoto about making a pact with Ikimoto's gang boss, the head of Yakuza, Ikimoto once again pretends that the deal is not yet settled. Whereas, in fact, the grand Yakuza boss looks down on Murase and his dealing of drugs, and that he has no intention to deal with him or to make a pact other than to take over his turf. A gang war is quietly brewing, and Murase is still in the dark about all this. He is not aware that his turf is about to be taken and that his life will be in danger. On the other hand, a plot against the Grand Yakuza leader is looming on the horizon as well. I hope all the bloodshed and the gory details certainly haven't turned you away from what is otherwise a very high-quality crime drama. Now, next week, we'll continue with the story of outrage and see how the remaining plot unfolds and to see the fate of all those involved. Thank you once again for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen, and I'll talk to you next week.
served. Join Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu as they sample their way through Taiwan's culinary delights. Andrew, I thought we said no more intestines. <clears throat> That's on Feast Meets West every Saturday, only on Radio Taiwan International. Radio for a 